Recorded live. Hi, Don. Did you join the call? Um, yes, I did. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so I we talked a little bit about this before, but I'm just gonna go over the um kind of the mechanics of what I'll be doing. So I'm recording the whole interview and then I'm gonna go back and edit out different things and make it into like a coherent article kind of piece. Okay. Um, so at any point, if you're in the middle of a sentence and you just want to reframe the sentence or you want to make a different point, you can just stop and then start the sentence over. Um, and okay. I can just edit out the parts that you don't want to use. Okay. Yeah, you, you know, the more um, <clears throat> informal this can be, the less yeah. nervous I'm likely to be. Perfect. So, so yeah, and... Yeah, so conversational is good for this. That's right. That works for me, too. And the only other thing, I'm going to mute myself after I ask you a question because I don't want to get the, all the background noise at my place as well as your background noise. So if it takes me like two or three seconds to follow up, that's what's going on. I'm just on mute. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. And, and there right. is... Um, Unfortunately, gonna, probably going to be some background noise for me. We don't have very well insulated offices. Um, oh, that's fine. Yeah, and it's just as much as we can reduce it. That's what we try to do. But yeah, that's that's inevitable. There's going to we can't be in a studio, so that's no problem. Okay. All right. So let's just go ahead and get started. Um, the first thing that I'd like you to talk a little bit about is just how does sleep affect a person's occupation. And I think it'd be great if you could use this kind of describing examples while also defining occupations because it is for a consumer audience. And consumers don't always, you know, know what the definition of occupations is in terms of occupational therapy. So if you could kind of talk about how sleep affects a variety of people's different occupations. Um, so this is basically just about sleep's impact. On, on occupations, is, correct. is that correct? Yeah. I, I mean, that in, in a lot of ways, that's a difficult question to answer succinctly because sleep is one of those things that <clears throat> um, 
has, has got such a widespread impact on people's functioning. I mean, it, it affects how we function physically at, at a very basic physiological level. It impacts us. It impacts us psychologically. Um, and it... Um, so how to how to restart that one? Um, okay, could could you come back in and restate the question? Sure. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how sleep would affect a person's occupation. So possibly how would it affect a child who needs to do have take a test in school, or how would it help? How would it affect somebody at work, or um, maybe an older adult, something that they're trying to do during the day. Okay. Um, you know, I'm drawing a blank, and I suspect that it's nerves. Okay. Why don't we move on, <laughs> and we can just... I'll just mark that one. And we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe maybe this would help a little bit. So just can you talk? Because you you mentioned it a little bit um, before. But how does a lack of sleep affect our health? So those things that you were kind of describing, how like in layman's terms, would someone not getting enough sleep? How would their health be impacted? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, again, this is um, one of those things that it's um, in some ways kind of difficult to um, restart again. Um, you know, I, th I think sleep has got a, a really widespread impact on our health and functioning. So if, if we're not sleeping well, we tend to not feel very well physically. Um, we're often tired. We fatigue more easily. It, it affects how we think and our ability to focus on specific things. It impacts our ability to make decisions and judgments. And there's a lot of research out specifically about how we judge risk and showing that um, if we're not sleeping well, we have a harder time making realistic judgment about risk. Um, and this is going to have pretty widespread impacts then on how we function in a whole variety of different occupations and things we do day to day, you know, whether it's at work or school um, or out socializing with people. Okay, great. And so your study looks at the napping patterns of older adults. And so can you talk a little bit about why would an older adult, excuse me, older adult want to reduce their time napping, what, at what point does a nap no longer benefit us? Um, so this is an interesting question because right now the, the napping literature is, is kind of all over the place and there's a lot of conflicting data about whether naps are health, healthy for us or not. And, you know, personally I think one of the best ways to make sense of the literature is that if, if people aren't getting enough sleep at night, it's better to nap than not nap. But if the daytime sleep starts to replace sleep at night, then it creates a problem because then we're not getting as much good quality sleep at night. Um, so for the, the study that we did, 
um, we were looking at some data from a lifestyle intervention. And one of the things that I thought was interesting there is that people who are getting the OT intervention, if, if they stopped napping during the day, they made up that sleep during the night. But the people who weren't getting the lifestyle intervention um, who stopped napping did not make that sleep up at night. So there's something about the OT intervention that seemed to help people consolidate their nighttime sleep. Okay, and is there an ideal length of time for a nap for an adult? No. It, it, it is the, the basic answer to that. I'm not aware of any um, anything that specific. Um, and it, again, I think a lot of it depends on whether um, the, the sleep during the day is um, supplementing poor nighttime sleep or whether it's replacing um, nighttime sleep. Okay. Yeah, and, and so, you know, th okay. yeah, that, that's that's one where the the literature really is kind of all over the place on this. It looks like there are some benefits to napping, but also um, a, a lot of potential drawbacks as well. Interesting. So, why would someone be an occupational therapist if they're having problems sleeping? What what could an OT do in that situation? You know, one of the reasons that I think um, so. So I, I think what I'll do is kind of back into this question. You know, I think one of the reasons that, as a researcher, I think that sleep is such a, an interesting um, phenomenon to study and such an interesting occupation to study is that it is something that impacts us physically, it impacts us psychologically um, and behaviorally. And one of the reasons that I think OT is so well-placed to look at sleep is that we're used to kind of breaking down that kind of holistic, complex, multi-leveled um, phenomenon and seeing where the problems lie. So, you know, is the problem that somebody's sleeping surface is poor? Is it a problem with the environment? Um, their, their sleep environment is too hot, too cold? So we're really good at um, analyzing where a problem is. And I think that that is, is a lot of the time the key to helping people get better sleep. Okay, and can you also expand on that a little bit too? Because, you know, OTs have an expertise in habits and routines as well. And would that be beneficial to helping somebody with sleep problems? Um, ab absolutely. Um, Yeah, and, and so one of the other things that um, OTs can do to help people get better sleep would be to look at their daily routines and their habits because we know that there are some things that make it more likely to get good sleep, um, like timing of exercise, um, timing of meals, when you have your last caffeine, et cetera. And there, there are routines that we can go through you know, generally referred to as sleep hygiene routines um, that do help in improve sleep quality. Okay, great. 
And so in your study, one of the findings was that promoting daily engagement in meaningful occupations may improve sleep behaviors in the older adults. So can you describe how engagement in occupations could enhance sleep performance? What's the connection there? Well, um, you, you know, one of the, the connections that, that we would hypothesize is that by um, being more engaged during the day, people are increasing their sleep drive. So that's that's one of the mechanisms that helps determine um, the need for sleep. Um, and I'm I'm not saying this very clearly, so I'll start over again. Could 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 you go back to the question? Yeah, sure. So I was asking, how does engagement in occupations enhance sleep performance? Why is that? Why are those two things connected? So um, engaging in occupations and, and um, daily activities, I mean, A, they can help us structure our time um, in, in a more beneficial way. Um, and that type of regularity is definitely helpful in promoting healthy sleep habits. Um, and also just by increasing our, our physical activities, that, that helps to increase sleep drive, which is kind of the, the central nervous system's need for sleep. Um, so you're more likely to feel sleepy if you've had a, a physically active day. Um, that, that puts your body into a more receptive state to fall asleep. Okay, great. And um, could you, and this can be a real-life example or a fictional one, but describe an example of, let's say, a client's having sleeping issues and they go see an OT. How would the OT evaluate them, develop a treatment plan? What would be some of the interventions? Could you kind of describe what that would look like? You know that that's. Um, I just need to take a second because that's a, a fairly wide open question. Um, edit some of these side comments out. Oh um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, is is this a place where it would be okay for me to bring in some of the spinal cord injury research? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's fine because. I just want to have, it's just nice to have like, you know, kind of real life examples so that people can kind of picture what it would look like if they went to an OT, you know, for a variety of different things. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know, I'd, I'd, I guess one of the reasons that I want to bring in some of the, the spinal cord injury stuff is that that's um, much more recent for me. Um, you know, I've did a sleep study just last week, um, and so, so um, and, I, and I'm assuming that all of this is, is aside right now. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm kind of stuck on this question. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, so can you talk, just talk a little bit about what, what was involved in the sleep study that you did last week? I mean, did you actually have an intervention that you did with the participants? Um, no, so, so with these, these participants, we're not doing an, any intervention right now. What we're doing is just um, some in-home sleep testing, 
so it's basically using the same sort of equipment that you use in a sleep lab, but we're taking it to people's homes um, because people with spinal cord injury a lot of the time have a, a difficult time getting into sleep centers. Um, and so we're not really doing an, an intervention right now, which I, th I think is one of the reasons this, this question is um, throwing me a bit. Um, and okay. then I'm, I'm at the, the very start right now of um, starting to design a, a protocol for a, a sleep intervention. Um, so it's probably difficult for me to get the right level of um, complexity <laughs> and conversation okay. with it. Um, yeah, and it doesn't need to be too complex. I'm just thinking, so I, like, I guess I would imagine in what we've done with ever, other podcasts. So if it's a podcast about um, how OT helps people with autism do better in, like, the social situations, I would just have the OT describe, like, okay, say a child comes in and they don't have any friends at school, the OT would evaluate, you know, what's going on with that, what's happening at school. Maybe they would go into the classroom, see what's going on, and then they would suggest doing this. And so just like kind of high level, just what does an OT do? Because I think a lot of times it helps for people to kind of hear about, you know, what does it actually look like when they go see an OT? I don't know if that helps yeah. you at all. And, you know, I, th I think part of it is also that, you know, right now, I don't know there are a lot of people going to see OTs primarily to, to address a sleep problem. You know, I, I think it's much more typical that we would have, say, older adults or someone with a um, some kind of a, a acquired um, functional problem that, that we're treating anyway who would bring up having a, a difficulty with sleep. Um, and what would so like let's say there was an OT that worked in a in a for something or um, outpatient rehab and someone and one of their clients did say you know I'm having trouble sleeping or I'm tired every all the day like what would an OT do in that situation? You know I I, I think initially what what the occupational therapist would do would be to try and pinpoint what the difficulty is in, in causing sleep um, problem and, and get a, a better description of the type of problem that the person is having. Um, you know, is, is it a problem with falling asleep? Is it a problem staying asleep once they, <coughs> they get to sleep? Um, or is it a, a problem with the timing <coughs> of, of their sleep? But actually, as I say that, we probably don't want to get too too far into that um, kind of diagnostic part of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, but that's yeah. that's helpful because you know just kind of so if I brought it up with my OT, this is kind of what they would do. I think that it's helpful. Yeah, um, and and then I think once once the OT gets a a, a fuller description of the sort of problem the person is having, then what we would try and do is, is pinpoint um, what the factors were that were impinging on the sleep. You know, um, for, for some problems, we'd do an immediate referral to a sleep specialist. 
um, for other problems where there might be a, an, an environmental factor that's impacting sleep or, um, you know, th then we'd set about trying to, to figure out what that is and work with the client to modify the environment. If it's a problem with the person feeling anxious, we might then, you know, look at some anxiety management techniques, some self-calming techniques to help get the person feeling sleepy um, and, and more able to get to sleep. Um, yeah, it, it would depend a lot on what was driving the, the sleep problem. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the benefits of the OT is that, you know, someone might just say, I just have a sleep problem, like, and not be able to pinpoint. So I think that's a really, a really good point to bring up. Ab ab absolutely, and that's, um, in, and, and there have been a lot of studies showing that people will tend to come in and just say that they have insomnia and, and use that term to cover any difficulty related to sleep. But there are actually a lot of different varieties of, of sleep problem that all need slightly different treatment interventions for them. Okay, great. So I don't know if you had a chance to look at that um, critically appraised topic that I had sent with the evidence about um, sleep uh, for people with dementia. Did you get a chance to look at that? Um, yeah, I, I skimmed through that. Um, yeah, and if you don't have to use that. I just, we had, my evidence-based team has sent me that. So if you want to also talk about your research, it just, I'd like to have a little portion in the podcast where we talk a little bit about the current research out there in this specific topic and, you know, the evidence that supports occupational therapy's role. So if you want to just briefly describe, you know, what evidence is out there, maybe mention the study that you just did in AJOT, maybe some of the um, spinal cord injury studies that you've done, just kind of a summary of what the evidence that shows um, the efficacy of OT. Um. I mean, it's, it, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's difficult to improve on this, um, this summary because they do a really pretty good job um, summarizing this. I mean, there is, um, you know, some of the, the strongest evidence for improving sleep in people who've got insomnia. Um, there's, there's very good evidence supporting cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia, which largely focuses on sleep scheduling and working with people to um, manage their sleep schedules to fit better with their, their sleep needs. And OTs would be, you know, are, are ideally suited to work with people around this because of our, our focus on working with people and establishing routines um, and CBTI, um, so cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia, one of the difficulties that's sometimes encountered um, when people are going through that protocol is they sometimes have to be up later than they might want to be, and OTs can help find activities that will help the person while they're going through this treatment as well. So, you know, something to do when they're kind of trying to keep themselves from just going to bed before their prescribed time. Um, 
So there's pretty good evidence for for CBTI for for some um, sorts of sleep disturbance, and there's also um, an increasing amount of evidence for mindfulness-based interventions to help improve sleep as well. And this again is something that OTs can. Um, introduce into a person's general treatment plan um, mindfulness sorts of practices, um, which is a really inarticulate way to put that. No, I think that was really, I think that was perfect. Um, one thing, and pardon my ignorance about this, but you had mentioned that people come in and say that they have insomnia. Is that a diagnosis or is that just a term that people use? Um, is there a confusion about that term? And clearly, I don't know. So, can you kind of describe what what is insomnia and what does that yeah, mean? So, yeah. So, insomnia is a a particular diagnosis that refers to people um, not getting enough sleep or getting sleep that is not restorative. Um, and the confusion stems because it 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 kind of gets used by people to describe. A, a, a much wider variety of sleep problems. So people may have a circadian rhythm disturbance, which is really a, a problem around the timing of sleep. And particularly if people have got what's called a delayed phase um, circadian rhythm disorder, that's where where their body is primed to go to sleep later than um, is, is kind of culturally acceptable. They may mistake that for insomnia. Um, and the the difference is really in, in how these get treated to an extent. Okay, perfect. And, and Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, and, and sometimes people also, they may have like a sleep-related breathing disorder like sleep apnea or something, and that may be why they're feeling tired when they wake up because their, their sleep isn't very good quality. Um, and in sleep apnea, what happens is the person actually has little micro-arousals. Um, e each time their breathing gets blocked, they, there's usually a, a, an EEG arousal around that. So they're actually waking up dozens, sometimes hundreds of times um, for, for very, very short periods of time um, during the night. And so then they feel understandably pretty exhausted the next day. And, and so they may also just put that down to, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting to sleep. I'm, I'm not sleeping while I've got insomnia. Um, and again, that's something that takes specialized diagnosis um, and, and treatment to, to address. So would they go to a physician or like you said, a sleep specialist, is that a physician or is that somebody else? How would they get um, that diagnosis? Yeah, usually that would be done through a, a physician working in a sleep clinic. Okay. And this wasn't one of my questions, but as you were talking about it, it reminded me, you know, if more and more people are using these fitness trackers that also track the sleep, has that yeah. helped? Is that kind of affecting things, or is that making people more aware of their sleeping patterns? Is that do you have an opinion if it's helping or hurting the situation? I just want to hear what you think about the fitness trackers. You know, I think the fitness trackers are, my guess is that on, on the whole they're doing some good because I think that they are making people much more aware of sleep. 
um, the the researcher in me um, has has got some hesitations about them because they're they're maybe not always giving really good measurements of of sleep, um, but they they definitely if if a person wants to um, think about whether their sleep is getting better or worse, um, the fitness tracker would would give a pretty good indication within that person, but it, it's difficult to compare between people um, with the, the commercial devices. Okay, cool. And so we just talked about the going to the sleep specialist. So if I guess um, if you could just kind of talk about if someone is having sleep problems, would they first go to a physician and then possibly get referred to OT, or should they go straight to an OT, or do you have any recommendations about that? Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, that's kind of difficult to say because part of it may vary um, based on the the state you're working in. Um, and, and I think if somebody's got a, a primary Sleep problem. Um, yeah, it's kind of um, uh, you know I'm, I'm kind of drawing a little bit of a blank on the best. I know this one's answer. always the hardest question because there's no. I mean, it's just it is hard because there's no simple answer. But but it's every consumer's question. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if maybe. Um, and you know I, I mean basically if. Um, you know, I think the short answer would be if you're seeing an OT already, um, mention the sleep problem to to an OT, so so that they can decide whether they um, feel like it it needs further assessment or not. But I think if there's somebody um, who who's not already got a relationship with an OT, it it may be difficult to get the referral to an OT specifically to address a sleep concern. Okay, yeah, that works. That's helpful. Um, and let me just go through my question list really quick, make sure we got through everything. Um, yeah, did you do you want to try this one again about an example of um, how an OT would maybe develop a treatment plan for a client that's having sleep problems? Um. You know, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what else I would say about that right now. Um, okay. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm happy to um, schedule another time to talk if if if, if you go back and um, find that there's just not not five minutes worth of non-hemming and hawing in this. No, I think in um, fact, as I asked you that, I was just thinking. I mean, you did talk specifically about different, you know, like how they would, is the environment hot and stuff like that. So I think, I think we've actually answered that question just through the other, okay. the other questions that I had. Okay. And so these are, those are all the questions that I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention maybe about the study that you did um, or just anything in general that maybe you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to? Um, 
you know that's a, that's actually a really good question because I, I I think we've covered a lot of the important stuff. I'm I mean I'm I'm just happy that that um, this topic is is getting some attention. Um, you know I, I think sleep is one of those things that's incredibly easy to overlook in in our our daily lives and we kind of take it for granted when it's working well. Um, but when it's not, the effects are, are, are so um, pervasive and detrimental that I'm really pleased that it, it's getting some attention right now. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's everything I've got. Um, are you good? Do you have anything else you want to throw in there? Nothing else. Just a, uh, a, a big thank you for your patience. <laughs> oh, no, there's no problem. No, this is fine. Yeah, I think okay. we definitely hit on all the all the different things that I wanted to talk about. And, um, yeah, definitely we'll have plenty to pick from. Okay, great. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this. No problem. Thanks. All right, well, I will um, shoot you an email whenever the podcast is live on the website. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, thanks. Have a good afternoon.